Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? Drop your name in the comments. Let me know who's watching, where you watch from. So happy to be here today. Glad that you are here with me. Uh, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, make it ring. Amen. And uh, today we're talking about disposal mentality. We're continuing on in the stinking thinking series. This one is important, and I think it'll really be a blessing to you. Uh, let's jump right in. Disposal mentality. We've been talking about all these different ways that thoughts can actually cloud our lives and steal the harvest and the fruit from us. Uh, I see Johnny and William and Rebecca, Kevin Nowicki. Hello. <laughs> is Kevin spelling his name? Yes, he is. That's awesome. I like that. And... Uh, my mom. Hello, mom. Good to see you. She's, she's watching from her recliner. Amen. <laughs> I heard uh, her testimony. She gave a testimony last week at a church, and I got to hear it yesterday. It was awesome. And uh, Miss Priscilla, I see you. All right, disposal mentality. We're talking about stinking thinking, and uh, I want you to see this. What is God's plan and God's way versus the devil's plan and the devil's way? God's plan and his way, you see one of the most simple, simple uh, looks that we see at the things of God right here uh, in John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 in the Amplified says, the thief comes only. Now I want you to see this. God said by the Holy Ghost, the thief only comes to do these things. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. That's it. He won't steal, kill, and destroy. He's not playing a game, but he is playing for keeps. He is uh, serious about it. And we've watched him over the years steal, kill, and destroy from people. Uh, but Jesus said, I came that they may have, that they can have it. They don't just talk about it. It's not a pipe dream. It's not off in the you know, sweet by and by. No, we can have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Not just a little bit, but have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's God's plan. He wants to bless us. He wants to fill us up. He wants to overflow us and let it run over into other people's lives as well. That's his plan, and that's what he's up to. Now, that's what God's up to, that's, and he tells us what the devil's up to. How does the devil do this, and what is God telling us in order to have life to the full till it overflows and to have it in abundance? What's God telling us to do? Well, one of the things in this series that we're focusing on is stinking thinking. Uh, in the verse we're about to read, uh, it's going to be represented by thorns. Stinking thinking are thorns in our life that will keep us from the harvest, choke out the fruit that God wants us to have. So the devil throws thorns in the form of stinking thoughts. And in Philippians 4, it says, think on things that are only worth, worthy of praise. In other words, think on things that are godly. Think on things that are God's way. And don't think on anything else. Because if you think on anything else, then they could get in the way of your harvest and the overflow of your life. Amen. Hey, Pastor Edward, good to see you, man. I hope y'all had a great trip home. And uh, that was awesome to have you this past Sunday. Um, so look at this, Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it says, And others, other people, are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. 
These are the ones who have heard the word. Now think about this, watch. These are the ones where the seed of the word of God is preached and it's sown into the lives of people who have thorns in their thinking. Okay? So this, where's this happening? This is happening today in churches. This could be happening right now as we preach the word. I'm sowing the truth of the seed of the word of God in this parable. The word of God is the seed, right? I'm sowing the seed of the word of God. Now watch this. But any of us, any of us who have stinking thinking have thorns that will choke out that word. So in order to become more fruitful, we have to get the thorns out of there. Look at this. And others are the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. Thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and the word becomes unfruitful. It's not the word's fault, it's the thinking fault. So this is Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. And so you can see the worries, deceitfulness, and the desires for worldly things are thorns. It's thoughts that we can think on that will choke the fruitfulness of our life. And the devil does this. He wants to raise us in an environment of stinking thinking, thinking the wrong things so that we will not think the right things when the truth is sown into us. And because of that, the truth of God's word and preaching, it won't hit the right ground because we're worried about things, we're deceived by things of the world, and we're desiring things of the world. And that's what we've been addressing over these last few weeks. And man, have I seen this happen? I'll tell you again, the reason why we started this series, I'm going to go over some of the ones that we've already talked about. You can go back and watch them. But some, you know, the reason I started this series some eight years ago was as a pastor, I was a fairly new pastor, about four years into pastoring, and all of a sudden, I started watching people that had a good heart. Uh, they were there on Sunday. They were amening. They were hallelujah. They were receiving. They were excited about things of God. And then I'd watch them go home and just get devastated by things that happened. And what I watched was their thinking and the environment that they were raised in did not teach them to think the way God thinks. It taught them to think the way the world thinks. And the truth be told, most all of us have a lot of stinking thinking that we don't know is stinking. And so that's why we got to dig into the word, find out that, it's, uh, that it is stinking thinking or godly thinking. And we've got to figure that out. So some of the ones we've covered already are lottery mentality. And you can go back and watch these. They're, they're sitting there waiting on you. Lottery mentality, arrival mentality, drive-through mentality, entitlement mentality, uh, my kingdom mentality, trophy mentality, also dealing with socialism, uh, voter mentality, identity theft mentality, user mentality, and today we're talking about disposal mentality. As we continue on from here, we're going to talk more about soulish mentality, a keep the receipt mentality, retirement mentality, that may surprise some of you, 
self-righteousness mentality and the payment mentality. Those are very interesting. All of these will unlock things in your life as you learn to identify it and get rid of it. Today we're talking about disposal mentality. All right, so disposal mentality is simply being too quick to throw things away when it's generally the opposite of the character of God. So disposal mentality is simply being too quick to throw things away. You can put that in the comments, especially when it's generally the opposite of what God would do. And I'm going to show you some examples of that. Disposal mentality presents itself in three major ways. We dispose too quickly of material things. We dispose too quickly of people and relationships. Or we dispose too quickly of other intangible things like we throw growth away too quickly. We throw emotions away uh, too quickly. We throw words from God away too quickly, etc. And uh, so one of the things I want to show you, I'm not going to go to these verses, but you, you probably know them. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, and Ephesians 2 and 10. And these are some of the things we've already covered, so you should be familiar with them. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, and Ephesians 2 and 10. What does God say about us? God says about you and God says about me, we are choice and precious. We are choice and precious. And in Ephesians it says, we are his workmanship. One translation says, we are his masterpiece. So put that in the comments. We are choice and precious to God and we are his workmanship or his masterpiece. We are choice and precious to God and we are his masterpiece. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I've had, I have, um, <laughs> I have a painting at the house that I did. One of the first paintings that I ever did as an adult and it's hanging on the wall. And the truth be told, when I look at it now, I just kind of laugh at it because to me, it shows that I have some understanding of art, but it's still so horrible <laughs> that, that it makes me laugh, right? Uh, it shows that I understand a few things about art, uh, but not very much, you know? And it's hanging on the wall, and I don't know why. I, I guess Nicole hung it on the wall because it was my first one, and, and she loves me, you know? And... Um, you know, some people say love is blind, and she hung it on the wall years ago, and uh, it's still sitting there on the wall. And every time I go by it and look at it, I just think, "Wow, wow!" <laughs> and uh, but one of the things it does is it reminds me of a beginning, and it reminds me of a starting place, and it's still hanging on the wall. Why? Because it represents something. It's not meant to be disposed of. It's, it's meant to represent something. It's meant to represent a start. It's meant to represent uh, where we started from and maybe show a progression. I haven't done many since then. Uh, maybe that one, that one ended. I was like, oh, I don't need to do that again. <laughs> but uh, many times we will take things and we just dispose of them. But that thing is still sitting there on the wall because disposal mentality is 
not a good thing. Um, here's the thing. That picture, although it is not great, it is definitely not a masterpiece, it is something I created. And even with this thing, you know, you gotta, you got to recognize that you and I, that the Lord created, is so much better, so much higher that God himself even says choice and precious. Now, I want you to understand about that painting that I did, it's not, I'm telling you, it's not choice and it's not precious, but it is my handiwork. And because of that, I don't really want to throw it away. It represents something. But to God, we are his masterpiece. He said we are choice and we are precious. And so if I don't want to throw away something that is, looks like that painting does, that is definitely not a masterpiece, how much more does a loving father not want to dispose of us? How much more does he not want to dispose of us? And uh, let's look at this. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 10. And I want, you to, I want you to see something. I want you to see the heart of God here. Is the heart of God disposal? Does God have a disposal mentality? Look at this. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 10. It says in those uh, 6 through 10, it says... We were helpless, we were sinners, and we were enemies of God. We were helpless, we were sinners, and we were enemies of God. We were helpless, we couldn't help ourselves, there's nothing we could do with ourselves. We were sinners, and we were enemies of God. Helpless sinners and enemies. Now think about this, every other king who had enemies would kill them. But what does God do? When we couldn't help ourselves, when we were sinners against his holiness, completely opposite of him, and even classified by him as enemies, what did he do with us? At each one of those three places, those three distinct characteristics that were negative, God said, I'll give my son for you. And Jesus said, I'll give my life for you. Now, I, here, I wrote this down. I want you to hear this. To anyone else, we would be trash. To anybody else, we would be disposable. But to God, he says, no, let's save them. To God, he says, no, let's save them. Now, I want you to start to see, how does God look at us? We are choice. We are precious. There's not another person like you. You're choice to God. You are God's masterpiece, made in his image and likeness. And yes, we might have messed up along the way, but God says, I'm not going to dispose of them. As far as they will let me, I will save them. I will turn them into my masterpiece, my workmanship. They are precious to me, right? Look at the heart of God. Psalms 23.3, Psalms 19.14. Over and over and over again in the Bible, he's not disposing of us. He redeems us and he restores us. God redeems us and he restores us. Over and over and over and over again, he redeems us and he restores us. Psalms 136.1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. So his mercy endures forever. 
He is not a disposal mentality God. No, he's a redeemer. He's a restorer. He's one who says, you're not trash to me. Even when we were the exact opposite of him and going, uh, going in a completely opposite direction. I want you to see this. Genesis 6 and verse 8. Let's, let's turn there. I want to read it. Genesis 6 and verse 8. I, this, this statement right here. And he, and he goes, and he starting at Genesis 6 and verse 8, it goes on to talk about Noah. And then it goes and it says, everybody in the earth was filled with corruption except for Noah and his family. And if, as you read the story and you keep going on, it says, Noah and his family, which consisted of eight people, it was Noah, his three sons, and their wives. Eight people. Noah, his wife, and their sons, and their wives. That's it. Eight people, right? Eight people were not corrupted. And they go on. You can read it. It goes on for a chapter. Eight people are not corrupted. And I want you to see something that God does. For only eight people... God did not dispose of the earth, but saved it and restored it. Now think about this. There were only eight people on the whole earth that were not corrupted. God could have just taken them to heaven and had them be with him and then just wiped the earth out, right? But he said, no. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of the corruption and then I'm going to rebuild it. I'm going to redeem it, and I'm going to restore it. And I'm going to plant these eight people back in it, and they will take the blessing of the Lord, and they will multiply it across the earth. God is not a disposal God. It's not how he thinks. It's not how he thinks. There's a time to get rid of things. Don't get me wrong. There's a time to get rid of things. But God doesn't jump to disposal. God doesn't jump to throwing things away. He's a redeemer. He's a restorer. He, he sees us as choice and precious, and he doesn't just throw things away. Now, I want you to see this because we're going to take this here in a second and go somewhere with it. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, this was again reiterated in Matthew 6.10 when Jesus said, pray this way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God was saying, I don't want you to dispose of it. I want you to redeem it. I want you to restore it. I want you to fill it with my blessing. You know, don't just throw things away. Work on it. Work on it. Many times in disposal mentality, there is an original purpose that we throw away along with the object. Hear that again. Please put that in the comments. Many times in disposal mentality, there's an original purpose that we throw away along with the object. 
Now think about that. Had, see, God had an original purpose in man, in Adam, that went all the way to Noah, and instead of just taking Noah on to be with him and, and wiping the earth completely, no, there was an original purpose in the earth. There was a purpose in the earth. There was a purpose in the earth. And God said, if I just throw that away, I will get rid of the purpose. That same purpose then passed to Noah, then passed to Abraham, then passed to the believers, passed to Jesus. That original purpose now sits on the church's shoulders to see that the will of God is done on the earth as it is in heaven. There's a purpose there. Many times I've watched people as, you know, instead of working and getting better at relationships, they just want to ditch them, yeah. right? And they will throw away the original intent and the original purpose that God had for that. God likes to keep the original purpose and see it completed, Don't not just throw it away, not just throw it away. One time, um, years and years ago, I uh, went to a uh, yard sale, and I didn't, I didn't have much money. I, th um, I don't know if Nicole and I were dating. Seems like we may have been at that time. Anyway, I don't, know if, I don't know if we were dating, but it was around the time when we started. I went to a yard sale in Greensboro. And at that yard sale, uh, there was a, a bicycle, a Schwinn bicycle, if I remember correctly. And uh, it looked pretty nice. It was like a 12-speed or something, and uh, looked pretty nice. And uh, I bought the bicycle for $50. It looked like it was in good shape, and uh, I always liked it. I never rode it very much, uh, but I bought it. And uh, honestly, I might have ridden it a couple of times, but it was one of those things that I bought, and it was... Uh, something that was nice to me, one a, a larger purchase at that time because I was really young. And um, it was a nice thing, but I never rode it. And that was probably 1998, 1999, something like that, at probably even before that. But it was, it was a, while, a while back. And then in, it set in storage. And it's set in storage, set in storage. Many times I looked at that bicycle and I said, I just need to get rid of it. I just need to get rid of it. But it, when I think that thought, I just had something on the inside of me that said, don't throw it away. I said, okay. And uh, so, but I'd be sitting there thinking, I'd be thinking inside of myself, you know, I, I need to get rid of this. This bike's just taking up room. I'm not riding it and everything. I need to get rid of it, sell it, do something, you know, whatever. And, but I'd have this thought on the inside of me, don't get rid of it. Don't get rid of it. And so then in 2009, so, you know, about 10 years later, uh, that bike is sitting there and uh, we started the church. We started Boomerang Church in 2009. And that year, the Lord uh, laid it on my heart. There was a new bike shop that opened up downtown in either 2009 or 2010. But along 2009, the Lord started talking to me about exercising. And, and I said, yeah, I'd like to exercise. And then I thought, you know what? I got that bike back there. And, and because I have that bike back there, I, I was like, maybe I can go and take that and I can ride, I can ride that bike. I've had it. I'm, you know, I never did get rid of that bike. I never did dispose of it. And uh, I went, I said, I'll take this bike up to the bike shop. 
and probably get it tuned up and everything. I don't even know if I knew it needed to be you know, done, but I knew it probably needed to be checked out at least. And uh, I just had leading of God to exercise and to take it to that bike shop. And so I took that bike that I didn't dispose of, and I walked into the bike shop, and I met the owner, who was a young man who had just started the business, and his name's Justin. And I walked into that bike shop, and, oh, man, whew, about to cry. And, because um, I know the end of the story. And all of a sudden that day, the Lord founded a relationship that now is 10 or 11 years old with Justin. I'm getting ready actually to have lunch with him here in just a few minutes after the broadcast. And I watched as the Lord, I invited him to come to church, and he and I went and started riding on that bike that I didn't throw away. I listened to that. God had a purpose. He had an intent, intent. Way back there when he told me to buy that bike at that yard sale years ago to connect me with one person that would receive the Lord. And as I listened to that, and I didn't just make room in my storage shed. I just I listened to the Holy Ghost. There was an original intent. There was an original purpose. And all of a sudden, uh, Justin came to church. Just, he, he got born again, or he refreshed his uh, uh, relationship with the Lord. He started going after the Lord, and, and he, started, he started just worshiping and serving the Lord. And, and then he went through some hard times. I didn't see him for a couple of years. And then he came back to church, and man, there was such a great restoration. And he and I have had such a great friendship, and, and we've watched each other grow in the Lord some together, all because... God was not willing to throw away something. And in this case, it was a material thing. It was a bike. But by doing that, God connected a purpose. You know, I know, this is the thing about God. I know back there at that yard sale in Greensboro, when I looked at that bike, I had no idea that that bike would connect me with a relationship in my life and somebody that I would, I would pastor, you know, years later. I had no idea about that. But God knew. Can you imagine God looking at that and saying, this bike, whew, this bike is going to lead you to a young man, and y'all are supposed to have a fellowship together in your life. And you're going to talk about me, and you're going to grow in me. And it's all going to be centered around a bike that you could have just thrown away. But I had an original purpose in too often we've been quick to have a disposal mentality, not only with material things, but also just with relationships and with, with the things that uh, God has set up. I watch people in the church today. We have such a, uh, amen, we have such a, um, a marketplace mentality surrounding the church uh, that we just want to go to a church that makes us feel good. But the issue is, our, what we're talking about most of the time is make our flesh feel good. And our flesh is not designed to please all the time. Our flesh is constantly in a war against our renewed righteous uh, and righteous spirit man. The inner man, the outer man is constantly, the Bible says, in a war against it. And so many times because of the thinking that we've grown up in the world, we're looking to please the outer man 
and at the cost of the health of the inner man. And because we have this marketplace mentality of being comfort, uh, comforted all the time, then one of the things that we do is we look for a church that just always makes us feel good. That's not the way it's supposed to work. That's not biblical. That's not even close. But yet I've watched people, well, I just don't like because that service went too long. I don't like it because they're, they're praying in the Spirit, and I don't understand that. And they'll take something like that, and they'll throw away relationships. They'll throw away the place that God wants them to be. They'll throw away these things. And uh, God doesn't think like that. God is a covenant God. Covenants forever. God's an everlasting God. He is not a disposal God. No, he'll take something and he'll get it fixed. He'll restore it. He'll redeem it. There's, a, there's times and there's things that can happen where people should part ways. That, the Bible even lays that out. But that should be a rare thing in a body of Christ that walks in love. God doesn't think in disposal terms. He looks for any way to fix it. He looks for any way to fix it. It's, it's who he is. It's, it's who he is. He's looking for any way to fix those things. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we have, I can see I got a, I got a misspelling on my, on my sheet here, but uh, sometimes when we have disposal mentality, it sounds like this. You, can you see, put your hand in the comment right now if you can really start to see God is not a disposal mentality thinking God. God really, if, you, if you're seeing that, like that's not how God thinks. If you can see that God doesn't speak in terms of a disposal mentality, put your hand up in the comments. Let me see that, I'm, that what you're saying is, I see this more than I've ever seen it before. I'm seeing it strong today. That's not the way God thinks. Now, when you understand that, then we should understand that if God doesn't think that way, then we shouldn't think that way. If God doesn't think like that, we shouldn't act like that. If, God, if the Father doesn't think like that, then Jesus didn't think like that, then we shouldn't think like that. It's, it's plain and simple. That's the way it is. If that's not the way that God thinks, we shouldn't think that way either. So here's, if that's the case, if that's the case, then one of the things that I want you to see is this. There's some examples of disposal mentality that we need, that we need to address because if God doesn't think in terms of disposal mentality, then the devil, watch this, the devil, who's always doing the opposite, is going to always be pushing us to dispose of things too quickly. Jump. Be irrational, be emotional, uh, be, be the kind of person that, that is super spontaneous for the wrong reasons. Sometimes it's good to be spontaneous, but only if it's the leading of God. You don't be spontaneous based off of emotions. And so, but it's good for us to say, you know what, I need to, uh, I, I don't just need to throw things away just because it didn't work. But the devil's always pushing us to throw away those things. Why? Because he wants to get rid of original intent. He wants, to, he wants us to throw away and dispose of purpose, dispose of destiny. He wants us to dispose of the intentions and plans that are so great that God has for our lives. 
He always is going to push us. It's important for us to know that he's going to try and get us to dispose of things God doesn't want us to dispose of. So let's look, if that's the case, then let's, let's look at some of the thinking or the words that we may use or think that fall into disposal mentality. Here's some of the examples of it. Um, when we're looking at somebody, we, we'll say, well, they just can't be helped. They just can't be helped. They'll never change. That's disposal mentality. That's not believing in a supernatural restoration that Jesus Christ can do in their lives. Recently, uh, I heard a great story, and maybe I'll tell it to you one day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Recently, I heard a great, great story. There's a, there was a guy that was a complete racist, like skinhead, tattooed, hated other people, racist, like legit racist, not, you know, not, not a question. He's a complete racist, was sitting in a church service. The Holy Spirit drew his heart to give his life to the Lord and in one service completely changed and his whole mindset, his heart, everything changed just like that in one service, one service. So when we have this mindset, they'll never change, you know, that they just can't be helped, they'll never change. We're throwing away, we're disposing of all of the potential of the blood of Jesus on that person's life. When we even speak that, we're prophesying that Jesus can't do anything for them. That's not true. But yet, that disposal mentality, great point. Barrett says, uh, Saul, before he became the apostle Paul, he looked impossible to redeem. He looked impossible to redeem. He looked impossible. I mean, he was murdering Christians, happy that they were dying. He was happy about it. And yet, God met him on the road. And in one moment, one supernatural moment, he, was, he could be helped, he could change, and did, and became the writer of the majority of the New Testament. Glory to God. God. Praise the Lord that he's not a disposal mentality God. And let's make sure that we don't have that disposal mentality towards relationships, towards the planting of the Lord in our church, towards other people and our friends and, and people. You know what's very interesting to me? Yeah, Jolene says, when we say they can't change, then what we're saying is God's power of redemption can only go so far. See, we don't realize we're limiting God right there. Now, one of the things that's so interesting to me is if you ever watch people that really don't like each other, but they almost, for whatever reason, they're forced to be around each other, they sometimes, very rarely, they'll go to the place where they do become extreme enemies. But the majority of the time, they will end up being the best friends. Almost every time. Isn't that interesting that upon their first meeting and into the relationship a little bit, they despise each other. But the longer that they're together, they actually become very close. 
they actually become very close. In other words, there was a purpose in their friendship. There was a purpose in their relationship. And if they just got through those rough times, they would become knit together so well in their destiny that they couldn't be separated. It's interesting to watch that. Some of the greatest friends at the beginning were the worst enemies. I've watched that all the time. See, disposal mentality would never have that happen. Disposal mentality would never have that. Other examples of thinking and disposal mentality, there's no hope for that one. There's no hope for that one. They'll never change. They're just a drug addict. That's, yeah, no, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope. Amen. Hannah says that's how her and her best friend of 12 years became friends. That's what I'm talking about. God is not a disposal mentality God. Uh, and think about this. Well, that, you know, it's just that piece of equipment. It's just a piece of junk. It's just a piece of junk. Well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. You know, the other, the opposite side of this is you get to a person that's hoarding everything and what they're hoarding becomes their source. And that also is wrong. There is a time to throw things away and not get into poverty mentality. But a lot of times what we've done and watch, even our society today is led us to the place where we say, just throw it away and buy a new one. It's a disposal mentality society. And either people are in that or they're in a hoarder mentality, which is a poverty mentality, that if I throw this away, I may need it someday. And what they're basically saying is God can't bring it back to me in another way. My source is my hoard. You know, my source is uh, my stuff. Not God, my stuff. Some people need to just throw some stuff away. If they're, if they're in that ditch, they need to get to the place where they throw it away. But many things, like, we'll just throw it away. We'll just throw it away. And some things, and here's the thing, God will show you what can be fixed and what can't. And, and like that bicycle that I was telling you about, he showed me on the inside. I didn't know why. I didn't know what the Lord was doing. But he showed me on the inside, don't get rid of it. The Lord will show you what needs to be fixed and what can be restored, and what needs to be thrown away. The question is, are we unbiased in our asking of the Lord? Are, are we already leaning one direction or the other based off of the mentalities the world taught us? See, God has to be our source, even of our thinking. Here's more examples. Uh, it, that's just a piece of junk. Well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Have you, have you talked to the Lord about it? Well, I'm not going to talk to the Lord about this old broken down piece of uh, machinery, a uh, little, little equipment. Why not? Why not? God is very involved in the big and the small things of, of our life. Some of the small things are the biggest blessings. Why wouldn't you talk to the Lord about it? Do you, you not think that God cares about the small things as much as he does the big things? I promise you he does. He knows the number of, of hairs on your head. He even knows the ones that went down the drain this morning in the shower. God, God is that involved in our lives. God cares about those things. He, well, he wouldn't talk to me like that. Says who? Says who? God won't. He said, my sheep know my voice. I'm with you always. He is longing for a fellowship. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, and the Son, that they may know you and the Son, that you may intimately have fellowship with God and the Son, 
This, he wants to be involved. I'll talk to him about all kinds of things. I'll ask him questions about everything. So a lot of times, you know, well, it's just a piece of junk. It'll take too much to, to fix it. Maybe it does. Have you asked the Lord about it? Talk to him about it. Don't just get in a disposal mentality. Don't just get in a hoarder mentality. Either one, either ditch. Don't, don't do either one. Talk to the Lord about it. Let him write it on your heart in his peace, what's right and what's wrong. Here's, here's other uh, disposal mentalities. Well, we'll just get a new one. Well, that may be the right thing to do, but it also may be being a very bad steward, and God has something in that one that you don't know about. You know, there's you know, just in like a car that comes off the line. When a car comes off of a production line, you can have two. One comes off made the same color, same way and everything. They come off the line one, two. And that second one can be better than the first one because it, it had one, one uh, millimeter difference on one part in that car, and it causes the whole thing to run uh, so much better. And uh, that's what you don't know, but God knows those things. In other words, you may buy a new one, and it stinks. Yeah, for example, uh, these pins right here, we've been buying these pins for years. The first two batches of these pins that we got, man, they were awesome. We literally had waitresses at, at restaurants asking us to bring them bags of pins, right? It's got boomerangchurch.org on it. And uh, we literally had them asking us to bring them bags of pins. Uh, the, the next batch we got, they stunk. <laughs> They stuck. I don't know what they changed, but they changed something. So you would think you're getting the same thing, but it's not. And you may have a piece of equipment that if you just restore it, it'll run for 30 years. You may buy a brand new one and it'll only run for five and you're out that money. God knows that stuff. He knows. That's why we don't want to be too quick to dispose of things. We'll, well, we'll just get a new one. Check with God. Check with the Lord. And, but see, a lot of times that's how people treat their relationships too. I'll just get new friends. I'll just go to a new church. I'll just do this. That's not how God thinks. That is not how God thinks. He's a covenant God. We can get offended, you know, and offense, and we can get in division. We can drive away. Actually, the Lord says this. Somebody that will cause division, he says, mark them and don't even hang out with them. Do not hang out with them. They're causing factions and divisions. He says, mark them and don't hang out with them. That, that's the Lord. And that's where the Lord says, if they're going to cause division, if they're going to split something up and be willing and cause other people to dispose of their relationships... Mark that person and don't have anything to do with them. Mark them and don't have anything to do with them. What are some things that we've disposed of in disposal mentality? Uh, phones. You know, phones. We'll just throw it away and go get a new one. Not everybody does it, but sometimes. Cars. I've watched people say, oh, man, this is just a piece of junk. And I've looked at that car and been like, I wish I had what you call a piece of junk because it's better than the car I've had. I've had that situation multiple times in my life. And, uh, but people think it's a piece of junk because it's not up to that quality and it's got a little bit of wear and tear on it. What did the Lord say to do? A lot of times we'll get in disposal. Now, you don't want to get in poverty mentality where you just wear the thing out and you're paying more in repair bills than you would for, uh, you know, if you were 
purchasing a new one monthly. You know, that's, that's kind of crazy in itself. Why do that? Unless the Lord tells you to. It's one of the things that we do. Yeah, uh, Kevin said spouses, right? We can, we can have a disposal mentality with, with spouses. You watch people, and they've been married many times. And they're just like, well, I'll just throw away this relationship. That's, that was actually the very next thing on my list, Kevin, marriages. We've disposed of phones, cars, marriages, jobs. I've watched people just throw away a job in the middle of a time where they needed a job. They need one bad. And they're just like, no, I, I'm, I'm just, I can't be here anymore. I've watched them throw it away. Friends, clothes, unborn babies. See, here's the thing. When we get into the rut of disposal mentality, we just keep disposing of things, and it becomes okay with us, and we're all right with it in our heart. Spiritual family, here's one, words from God. Many times we'll have words from God, and, and the Lord will be telling us to do a certain thing in a certain way with certain people or whatever, and we'll just throw that away because we have a disposal mentality. This, this thing has wrecked destinies. And it's one, I don't want your destinies wrecked. Um, here, I want to tell you a story. Um, how much, let me ask you a question real quick, and we're about to wrap up. How much is a doorstop worth? How much is a doorstop worth? Put it in the comments. How much is a doorstop worth? Now I have um, I have at my house when I was young one day my dad and I I think we were up in the mountains Barrett says a couple of dollars for a doorstop one day when we were young we were up in the mountains I believe and my dad and I were at a creek and we were walking it was a river I believe but a smaller river and we were walking in the river he put me up on his shoulders and. Um, and I don't remember if it was he or I, but we spotted a rock in the river, and it looked in the shape of a foot. Buddy says a doorstop was two fifty. All right, but we spotted a rock. Literally, it was about this big, and it, it was almost perfectly in the shape of a foot. <laughs> it was the most interesting thing. And uh, I think I think my dad saw. He said, "Do you see that? It looks like the shape of a foot." And uh, we went and grabbed that rock and picked it up. And it, it's about this big. I still have it at the house. It, it looks like you know, uh, a giant's foot, basically, and perfectly in the shape of the foot. The most interesting rock. I still have it. I love it. And it's traveled with me for probably 40-something years. It was, it's been a long time. And uh, Serena says a door stops a few dollars. And uh, that rock, to me, it's hard to put a price on. Now... There's a story actually here in North Carolina, just a few miles down the road from right here in Albemarle. And uh, a guy was playing in the creek, and uh, the, I think it was the children playing in the creek. They saw a rock. They brought it in. It looked a little bit different. Uh, they took the rock to the jewelry store, and they said, hey, does this thing have any value? We don't know what it is. And the jeweler said, no, it doesn't have any value. They took the rock home, set it, and they used it as a doorstop, just like I used that foot rock as a doorstop. And uh, Kevin says, 75 cents for a doorstop. 
And uh, so they took the rock home and, uh, that they found in the creek, set it, and it sat there. They used it as a doorstop for, um, they used it as a doorstop for like three years. And one day on a trip, he took it back to the jeweler and said, hey, I think this got some value. It looked funny. The, the jeweler bought it from him for $3.50. So Buddy's answer wasn't too far off. Uh, this rock doorstop, $3.50. Well, turns out he comes back from the trip and he hears stories that the jeweler sold that rock for thousands of dollars. Why? Because the doorstop rock that was really heavy was 17 ounces of pure gold. Se not as ounces, 17 pounds of pure gold. <laughs> How much is a doorstop? The issue is, with disposal mentality, they didn't think it was worth that much, but it was 17 pounds of pure gold. And here's what I want you to understand. This is a real story that happened. The name of the place where he found it is now known as Reed's Gold Mine, just down the road. And so 17, he sold it to the jeweler because of disposal mentality. <laughs> Serena said, Pastor, I think you should get your doorstop rock uh, priced. <laughs> this one's not gold, but maybe I'll take a look at it, and maybe I'll take a closer look. And uh, to him, it was worth $3.50. Do you know what? 17 pounds. Every pound of gold has 16 ounces, and every ounce of gold today is $1,740-something. That that rock, that doorstop today is $475,000. $475,000 sitting on the floor holding the door open for three years. <laughs> My goodness. They figured out what they had. They went back and uh, they went back and opened Reed's gold mine and they were just, they'd pick up, I think it said they'd pick up a jar of gold nuggets every day, like a mason jar filled of gold nuggets each day, just picking it up out of the creek. <laughs> it's like, it's 15 minutes from here. And uh, this is what I want you to see. What would disposal mentality have done if they would have just disposed of everything? and not recognize what they had. What do you have? Now, I want you to see this. Listen, watch this. What do you have? What do you have in you made in the image and likeness of God? What does your, your neighbor at church have in them made in the image and likeness of God that we don't even know about yet? What treasure has God seen that's so choice and precious that he said, I'm going to take two of my masterpieces and I've got a plan for them. I'm going to join them together and create something at their church in their friendship. I'm going to create something. And disposal mentality would have us dispose of each other, but yet God had a plan and a purpose from the beginning of time. Don't let disposal mentality rob you of finding out what's valuable in the things around you, the people, the items, everything. God has a plan and a purpose. And, and when I read it, it's like this. The plan and the purpose is to give you a future and a hope, not for your calamity, right? 
to give you a great future and a great hope. This is who he is. I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future, a hope, not for calamity, but for you to fare well. Then he says over in Ephesians 3.20, he says, I want to give you abundantly more than you can ask or think. What kind of future does he have for us? And the question is, how many of those things have we been willing to throw away because of disposal mentality, but now we can actually walk into God's plan and purpose for our lives because we're going to ditch that stinking thinking and we're going to open ourselves up to the Lord and say, Lord, I won't be disposal mentality anymore. Any times. Many times, watch this, we dispose of things that we don't value. But what are the things that God has valued to put in our lives, the friends, the people, the, maybe, a, maybe a broadcast? We dispose of things that we don't value. What are the things God has tried to get into our lives, but in our disposal mentality, we've kept throwing it away, not realizing that there is great value right there. We dispose of things that we don't think have value. Many times our faith in God has been so low that we don't see the significant potential value that is in it if we would just let God do with it what he wants. We have thought that there's no hope in it. But no matter where you're at, there's hope in God for you. You are not disposable to God. And God doesn't want you to dispose of valuable things around you, even if you don't know that they're valuable yet. But God does. And that's why he puts people in our lives. That's why he puts things in our lives. You are valuable to God. You are choice and precious. You are his workmanship. And the people around you in God are valuable as well. I'm not talking about people that are taking you away from God, that are dragging you down. I'm talking about the people of God. They are valuable in your life. They're a part of your plan, part of that destiny, and God has great things for you. Today, I love you so very much. Let's get rid of that disposal mentality. Let's receive the love of God and and see ourselves as non-disposable. In his eyes, God's valued you. He's valued us. And he didn't throw us away when he could have. So let's just receive his love right now. Just say, Father, I don't want to have disposal mentality. I ask you to show me where I've had it and where I need to get rid of it. And I thank you for not having disposal mentality towards me. Jesus, I receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life. And I believe in an anti-disposal mentality, you gave your life for me. You disposed of your own life so that I could have one. And I believe that God raised you to life, and I'm raised with you. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost and with fire to live like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to know about it. Go to whatsright.com, send us a message, and let us know. And we love you so very much.
If you got something out of this message, I want you to put some hands in the comments. Even if you're watching in the archive, let us know, hey, this blessed me. I needed that. Thank you, Priscilla, for sewing in there uh, on that. And anybody that wants to sew today, you can go to giveww.org, uh, cash app. You can do ha hashtag giveww, uh, or you can go on Facebook, hashtag donate, followed by the amount. Also, text to give, PayPal. All of those ways are there on the screen. We just praise God for you right now. And everybody who wants to sow, uh, we encourage you to sow. It's the right thing. We want to pray right now. Father, everybody who's sowing on a regular basis, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We give you all of the glory and the honor. Lord, let there be a supernatural harvest. Lord, let, let the stinking thinking fall off of our lives and let us have the harvest that you want for our lives right now. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory. Lord, bring a supernatural return. Father, I ask that you bring it quickly in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. It's going to be a great one and uh, excited to see. I was so excited to be with you today. I love you. Share the broadcast, like, subscribe, hit the notification button. And right now, Barrett is going to take us out of here and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Here she is. Thanks for being on with us today. We appreciate you supporting what the Lord is doing here on What's Right. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and hit the notification bell. Sign up to uh, get notifications from us when we go live. And make sure that you like our page and subscribe. And go to whatsright.com and sign up for our mailing list. As things happen here in the ministry, we want to keep you up to date no matter which platform you watch us on. So make sure you take the time to do that. And we're going to be back tomorrow at 1130. It's going to be another awesome broadcast. The What's Right Kitchen is back because it's Thursday. And who knows what that's going to look like. But we're excited to have you on with us. It's going to be great. We love you. Have a wonderful day. And we're we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, here on Lunch Plus.